0: Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition for the last 30 years. It's Rosie on the House.
1: On a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning, it's not just weather that makes it beautiful, it's timing timing timing
2: okay. like the birds singing when you drive up
1: no. no 30 years ago wickenburg residents woke up scrolling through their wickenburg sun newspaper learned of the horrifying news that walmart is officially coming to town
2: that was horrifying <laughs> changes not, things you know
1: i'm not anti uh Walmart. Walmart. But I'm just, just so them... pro-mom pop. Yeah. How different would Wickenburg be today if 30 years ago Walmart did in fact move in? Think of all the shops that just whoosh, gone. That's a true story. You would have Walmart and you would have McDonald's and you would have a gas station. You wouldn't have <laughs> Wickenburg. They all go together. That's right. <laughs> so whatever you guys did, I don't know. that This was in uh, the Wickenburg Sons article from the 27th of this week. I don't know what they did. Did Walmart pull out? Did Wickenburg pull out? I didn't have time to chase the story, but it was an interesting fact. And because Wickenburg is our highlight of this month, because that is where our staycation winners are traveling to, you can enter to win your Arizona staycation at roseyonthehouse.com slash travel az, or click on the staycation page on the home tab. Uh, And you could enter to win we're drawing for Douglas, which will be the highlight of the seven o'clock hour, our Arizona hour in April. It's not that we talk about those cities the entire month long, but that is our our common theme and our place to go. And we've got to start with where it all started. Henry Wickenberg was out of Australia, uh, came in, moved, and started Vulture Mine. And Vulture Mine has this incredible history. It was open. It was closed biggest gold mine in arizona uh but it shut down and it's reopened and to give us a little bit of 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 an update we have current active day director rod pratt of the vulture mine and vulture city uh ghost town on the line with us to tell us about everything he's put together it was nine years ago that i was last at vulture mine for a fundraiser uh to save the vulture mine uh State Historian Marshall Trimble was out there. Sergio, the Entertainer, God rest his soul, no longer with us, was out there as well. Current Mayor at the time, Mr. Blunt, was out there. We had a great time, but uh, a lot has changed. A lot has changed, and we've got Rod Pratt to tell us about everything he's got going on at it Vulture Mine, what ultimately led to the establishment of Phoenix. Welcome, Rod. Thank you. Good morning. Tell us about the mine.
3: So the mine is. Uh, I think the first thing that's going to be of interest to people is to know that it's it's back into production and it has been for several years now. And today, the, the mine is uh, an open pit operation. I think a lot of people who've been out to the mine always cherish the the thought of going underground in the in the 20 miles of tunnels that existed under there. But today, it's very different. It's a big open pit operation uh, with lots of modern equipment and. Uh, and although I am not currently involved in the mining side anymore, uh, from what I understand, it's going it's going very well, employing lots of people from the Wickenburg area. So I think it's uh, it's a good thing for the for the town to see the mine back in production. I guess about six years ago now, I got involved from the perspective of of trying to finance to put it back into production. I'm a finance person by background. But when we got out there and we looked at the property, myself and a few other Canadians, we were we were pretty excited about the about the opportunity. We ended up instead of finding third party money to put it back in production, myself and a group of uh, three others uh, funded it ourselves and um, went through the permitting process and and all the things you have to do to put a, a mine back into production in, in, in today's uh, environment. But we did that and um, and we operated the mine for a couple years. Uh, it was like a lot of mining ventures. It was difficult, but we learned a lot and it was, it was exciting. In 2016, I uh, had an opportunity to sell the mine to a larger group of more experienced miners who are were, were, were mining today. Um, and we took that opportunity to sell the mine. And So it is a, a large parcel. It was about 280 acres of property within another 1,000 acres uh, owned by the BLM where they have mining mining rights uh, to that so about a thousand acres in total and we sold that uh, but through the negotiations uh, it became apparent that the guys who who wanted to, to mine the vulture didn't want responsibility for the old ghost town and didn't think it was kind of a very consistent fit between these old you know beautiful buildings and what they wanted to do from the mining side and it, it was clear that they had no interest in in preserving. The town. Um, and so they very willingly carved out about 20 acres of property where the old Vulture City was originally um, incorporated back in the 1860s. And we've now fenced that off. It's in a separate entity, it's a separate business. It's called Vulture Mine Tours. And today that area has been redeveloped over the last two years. It started. Really, with just an effort to preserve some of the really interesting um, buildings that you know a lot of people had taken an interest in. Probably the most famous building out there is an assay house built of rock that uh, is um, actually quite gold-bearing itself. It's a but a 4,000 foot structure. It's the only two-story uh, structure at site, and the roof had completely caved in on one side of the building. So we started this. Um, very slowly by just saying, let's preserve these, these couple buildings. And as we went along and, and we found that the people that were doing the stone work were doing such a great job. And, and the folks who had come out to make Adobe on site with native soil were doing such a good job that, you know, the finished product was, was very nice. It was very hard to differentiate between what had been rebuilt and what was original. And so we continued. Um, and that process continues today. Although a, a good part of the old buildings that, that we, uh, we're able to find photographs of and understand exactly what they look like uh, is coming to an end because we've rebuilt them. So just quickly, we've restored the, the assay house, um, completely rebuilt Henry Wickenberg's original cabin, uh, which had crumbled to the ground, and it, it sits right next to the, the hanging tree, which people will understand is a very historic tree where it's rumored that 18 people had been hung for high-grading gold. We've rebuilt the brothel, uh, a 60-foot-long um, stone structure. It's called the Bunkhouse, uh, a 4,000-square-foot workshop we've rebuilt. Uh, the Cookhouse has been rebuilt. Uh, the original Wells Fargo Post Office from the 1870s has been rebuilt. And we have moved back onto the town site, the original blacksmith shop, an air compressor, and a structure known as a head frame, which is a large structure that supported uh essentially a cable car that would go down into the working area of the mine. So that head frame and blacksmith shop were in the path of the expanding mining operation, and we had the opportunity to, to move that those two structures piece by piece and relocate them in the town center. And, uh, you know, that, that's a bit of an introduction to yeah. what's
1: been going on out there. You've been busy, you say? <laughs>
3: It's been busy. It, yes, it has been.
1: Now, I understand y'all are open for tours seven days a week, 9 to 3?
3: Yeah, so we're open seven days a week, like you say, 9 till 3. The hours may change when the summer heat starts to hit, but uh, until until we notify people on our website, it's 9 to 3. And on the weekends at 10 a.m., uh, there are uh, guided tours. So and- we've got a wonderful tour guide who is a miner by background. Um, and understands the, the deep history of the Vulture Mine, and they give a, a great two-hour guided tour of the town on Saturdays and Sundays.
1: And I saw somewhere where y'all do night ghost tours as well.
3: Yeah, so uh, that's that's a great point. I'm, you know, I personally am, am not as involved in that. My wife Robin runs runs that effort, but there is a strong paranormal interest in, in the property, and. Because of our lack of experience in that area, we partnered with Jay and Marie Yates uh, of COPS Crew. Um, they're on the Travel Channel and, and do a lot in the paranormal space. And they're, they're managing that for us. So we do, uh, we do investigations, as they're called, uh, led by them on the property. And our next one is sort of a special event. On March 30th, we are doing an investigation on the evening. And then it's going to be followed by a campfire, and people are actually going to be allowed to stay on site uh, in the buildings. Uh, Sleeping arrangements will will be provided, and we'll have a a late dinner over a a campfire and breakfast in the morning. Uh, So it should be a wonderful event.
1: Very cool. Well, I don't think you'll see me at that one, but you'll likely see me at the 9 to 3, because I said nine years ago when I was there, I remember the old shaft uh, that that brought the cart in, and that was just a wreck. Uh, There was... All kinds of talk about what was going to do. There was a, a Save the Vulture Mine organization that it started, and it sounds like y'all were the answer in that. I'm glad we were able to preserve that, and that. From our listening audience, you know, Wickenburg a pretty easy drive if you're in the uh, Phoenix metro area or coming down from uh, any one of our northern Arizona listening audience. Uh, today would be a beautiful right. day to take the backside coming off of Yarnell. You could hit the Granite Mountain Hot Shots, do a little hike, get down to Vulture Mine and hit Wickenburg for a meal in the evening. And Is there a cost for the self-guided tours?
3: Uh, yeah, there is. And just to finish up on how easy it is to get there, you know, we're just 12 miles southwest along Bolcher Mine Road from the Safeway in Wickenburg, so it's an easy it's an easy commute. Uh, there is a charge. Uh, so we are charging adults an um, admission fee of $15 and uh, children between the ages of 7 and 12 uh, $7 and, and then kids 6 and, and, and younger are free. Um, And that's an admission fee, and so the weekend uh, guided tours are complementary with that admission fee.
1: Oh, very cool. So that's just what we call lanyap, a little something extra. If you show up on the weekend, the guided tours are just... Part of your admission fee. That's excellent. Well, we appreciate yep. your time this Saturday morning. You'd mentioned 12 miles south of uh, the Safeway on Vulture Mine Road, but that goes all the way down to 10. Anybody coming up from Tucson or southern Arizona, if you take the Phoenix Bypass route and come up through Gila Bend, you would just, when you get back to 10, continue west a little bit, and that road takes you right up and you, you bypass all that big city traffic mess. Good point. Yeah,
3: absolutely.
1: Well, we appreciate your time, and congratulations on taking over and running and the restoration of Vulture City, just a little treasure, one more treasure of our great state of Arizona.
0: Well, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. The tank is full, and we're moving through the Arizona Hour with Sanderson Ford and Rosie on the house.
1: Now, Vulture Mine does get most of the attention of Wickenburg as it relates to gold, but Legend has it, Pauline Weaver stumbled upon what turned out to be $100,000 worth of loose gold ore and nuggets. The location of the strike is what they call Rich Hill, and it's a few miles north of today's Wickenburg. A little, it wasn't, wasn't the only place to strike gold.
2: Would you recognize gold you stumbled across?
1: Probably not.
2: Me either. It doesn't <laughs> look like what you have on your hand, you know. <laughs> no,
1: not at all. And I don't have any gold. Well, I do. Mine's silver. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what I mean.
1: Growing up, I was always told that, you know, it was, it was Fort McDowell that brought back Phoenix. And Phoenix got its name from one of the soldiers at Fort McDowell. It was a, uh, I think it was an Englishman uh, might have or a Frenchman. I can't remember. But it was a European and he was not native born, but he was serving at the soldier's fort and he walked up to the hill and saw this rebirth of the phoenix area and that's what named it phoenix you know rising from the ashes well i think that makes i think that story proves that it was vulture mine first because it was the need for food and reliable uh, food train to supply the mining town that sent men into phoenix to reestablish the irrigation canals left behind by the indian tribes and supply food so he had to see something rising out of it so that had to have been that vulture mine was there first and all the men that were starting to farm and field and send wheat and grain you know horse drawn equipment was still big so they were growing a lot of uh, feed for the horses to take the ore over to the Rail yards, because all that wasn't just carried by hand.
2: The logistics of building <laughs> the bones of that kind of business out in the middle of a desert.
1: And that, that's what started Grand Avenue, was getting the, the food supply from the valley up to Wickenburg to supply the miners. And they say 40% of the gold that was ever mined out of there ended up stolen. And if you do oh, the oh two-
2: it was really— <laughs> Wild place, right?
1: <laughs> well, they say they've got the hanging tree still there. And the hanging tree claims that 18 men were hung there, that were caught real-time stealing uh, gold, gold ore from, from the mine. Ouch. <laughs> and if you happen to be in Wickenburg tonight, you can— Pass yourself by the Stone Park between 2 and 4 p.m. and enjoy a little free concert by the Arizona Swing Kings. And this is, uh, Stone Park is between the community center and the police station. It's just a little grass area just south of the bashes, kind of right in the middle, offset of downtown. They
2: timed it right. (laughs) Last week they'd have been rained out.
1: That would have been pretty bummer. Concert last weekend, but that's going on today. But also going on today, the Rosie on the House promotion team is in Tucson for the Tucson Book Festival. It's the eleventh one, but they draw an incredible crowd. I mean, they had hundreds of thousands of people expected at the U of A Mall this weekend. And it's interesting when we were looking at events, and we thought, well, this one draws a big crowd. This is one we should look at being at. They're like, no. You are not an author; you can't attend this event. I mean, they were so as an exhibitor. Yes, okay. they were so stubborn. No, no, only authors come. Interesting. Well, Susan took down our home maintenance calendar and said, "Well, look, this is something we publish, and you know, it's an educational thing, and you can tune in. And although our articles aren't here, here's all the links to our articles." And I said,
2: "That girl's always thinking." Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> We'll approve that. (laughs) So our home maintenance calendar got us at the Tucson Book Festival. And you know who else will be down there is Heidi Osselier, the author of Arizona's Deadliest Gunfight. We had them on a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're going to be down there today. You can find a complete list of events on their website at tucsonfestivalofbooks.org.
2: And we're we're in booth 419, which is located on the south side of the mall at Cherry and University. So you'll find the Rosie on the House um, banner, I guess, and Susan and Lance there handing out calendars. Get a chance just to meet them and see what's going on. And get we, a calendar. We
1: put that in our newsletter, and I'm and I'm guessing that's for most of the calls that came from the office because we had a number of people calling asking, "What booth are you guys going to be in? We're going to be out there. We're going to come say hi."
2: Again, another beautiful reason to be outside this weekend, and no rain.
1: And that U of A Mall is a nice lawn mall that's uh, surrounded by a, a very pretty campus. Mm-hmm. They, and it's the old part of the campus as well, at least where we were last year. So you get to see a lot of the you know, turn of the century from 100 years ago architecture uh, around the, the seating, uh, the, the, the U of A Mall. So that's going on all weekend long. Down at uh, what is it? It's the Tucson Mall is on uh, Speedway. I should have looked that up before I (laughs) spoke too loud. But it's yeah, you can't miss it once you're once you're down there.
2: Follow the crowd.
1: Oh yeah, something that size—they're gonna the the crowd and there's gonna be plenty of people steering uh, directions out on the street.
2: Lots of good food too. It looks like
1: they do. They do have an incredible food. Uh, court in fact they had two of them if I remember right last year I didn't get to tour the whole thing it was so long last year we spent the whole day there and I hardly got you know 100 yards either side of our booth there was just so much to look at more in our Arizona hour here at Rosie on the house right after this
0: the Rosie on the house Arizona hour driven by Sanderson Ford
2: Gary says, our tank is full, Romy. Where are we going?
0: (laughs) Just a reminder, it's Mardi Gras
1: weekend. That's why we're playing a little Mardi Gras. Ah, got Uh, it, got it, got it. I was trying to put the connection all together.
2: With Gary, there is always (laughs) a
1: connection. Because I'm heading back to Wickenburg, where Romaine Loudermilk, nicknamed Romy, although he just spelled it with a Y. He spells his R-O-M-Y. Ours is mine's R O M E Y, but Romaine Loudermilk, known as the father of the Arizona Dude Ranch, purchased 160 acres from BLM in 1909 for a buck 25 an acre <laughs> to start the K L Bar Dude Ranch. K L after his mother, Catherine.
2: Well, he had a lot of foresight.
1: <laughs> One of uh, three Dude Ranches that's a member. Of the Arizona Dude Ranch Association. Did you know we had an Arizona Dude Ranch Association? I do now. (laughs) There's 13 lists. I'm sure there's more around the state. Um, But we'd have to look into what it takes to be part of the association. You've probably got to accommodate so many people, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure there's a lot of them that part-time here or there. They may take somebody on if you brought a guest. But actual operating official Dude Ranch is part of the Arizona Dude Ranch Association. Three of them are in Wickenburg, the heaviest concentration than anywhere else in the state. One, Rancho de los Caballeros, probably the most uh, well-known one.
2: Rose and I have stayed there. It's absolutely wonderful, historic, peaceful. Um, the rides are fantastic. The, just you, get, you can take nature rides, look at the birds and the flowers, learn all about those. Spring is a great time to go.
1: I've seen where they, you can hold a, host a wedding there as well.
2: Yeah. Most of them are venues as well because such, such charming settings.
1: And does this one, this one has a spa with it, doesn't it? Uh, Rancho. C- yeah.
2: I don't, I'm not a spa person. I don't know, but they do have that.
1: <laughs> if they did, we didn't <laughs> go. Who knows?
2: <laughs> I think they did build the first round pool though. It was like really a risky thing. They built a round pool, mm-hmm. first of its kind.
1: So there's Rancho de los Caballeros, there's KL Bar that we talked about that uh, Romy bought for. Imagine that, a buck twenty five an acre. You think he got a return on his investment there? Some of the other ones around the state, uh, Cherry Creek Lodge, that one's very interesting um, part of the state and young. I've always loved that young area. You're right at the transition of high desert to ponderosa pines. You could go just a few miles north, and you're in the heavy pines. Come down south, and you're in the high desert. Roosevelt Lake, the Rim Country. It's it's a beautiful part of Arizona. And I used to never talk about it because I didn't want people to know about it because it's my favorite place. <laughs> I don't want to. Even I know where you got that from. <laughs> But it is so far away that people end up moving there you only make it a year or two because it's so far away they get exhausted from the drive and the work that it takes to live out there that they end up moving out so uh there's a down in Tucson they've got some great ones you have the Tank of Verde have y'all been to that we one we have
2: that that one's fun got to horseback ride through the riverbed and the um what do you call it? salt cedar right the great i know it's a, not a good plant for arizona but they they grow real tall there and they you ride through it like it's a maze that was that was a lot of fun
1: most of them are all south of wickenburg if you maybe the cherry ranch one if you look on let on the longitude line that Cherry Creek one might be a little bit higher, but other than that, you only have stagecoach trails near Kingman. Other than the one in Kingman, all these are southern or central or hmm. southern Arizona. Interesting. You would think there would be something out of Flagstaff that would have uh, that kind of attraction. Obviously, you would be very limited to the time of year you would have, but how much fun would that be? A, a horseback ride up in the Ponderosas in the very. summer day? day after a nice wet rain and the monsoon vanilla just just pouring out. Well, I think
2: most of the people that visit dude ranches are coming from the east and want to to warm up, right? Oh. (laughs) Their customers come from snowy country, yes.
1: Well, a lot of people are what they call uh, leaf peepers. Leaf peepers. People that go to the northwest to see the fall. Mm. We're going to have to come up with a name for poppy poppy peepers, people that come out here to view... The Arizona poppies there you all go. week Poppy long. Poppy
2: peepers. <laughs>
1: P- Poppy peepers all week long are in all different newspapers. Uh, this one out of the Republic, a pop of color off of the Tonto Bush Highway. Uh, Wickenburg had an, a great view. Uh, that's going to be a where the the desert and the foothills mm. all meet. That one's going to be an explosion. They had a great picture of last week in. The desert, and this week in the desert, one's all covered in snow, and then the next week wow, it's all incredible? <laughs> dried up and popped. And then today, Roger Naylor sent a, a tweet out at midweek that he was going gazing around the white tanks. Uh, you know, you've got Waddell area.
2: Have they popped over there yet?
1: I haven't noticed it. Um But they're all about to. I think he's just previewing it because in the Explore Arizona section of the Republic today, he talks about all the different places and makes a point that we had more blooms in January of this year than we did all of last season in 2018. So this is going to be the year of explosion for...
2: Well, I have to say, I kept watching the paper and I couldn't find any articles, Romy, but now I know why. (laughs) You cut them all out before I got to see the paper. Perf.
1: show broadcast prep come on <laughs> so uh, but he's got a lot of great places you can get uh, his complete list at uh, in the explore Arizona section of today and if you're out and about uh, you know you're probably gonna look for something to eat and in Wickenburg there's uh, a place I have never been to called the local press have you ever heard of that no it's only been open a few years and it's a sandwich shop and Arizona highways came up because April's their April magazine is the Arizona Sandwich Tour. And people could submit, hey, you've got to try this, check this out. So they went to check out this local press in Arizona, and it won them the f- cover. It wow. was that good. Wow. They, they were that impressed. They got the front cover. So that's net, right off of downtown. I believe it was right on even Frontier. And the Sandwich Shop Tour covers our entire Broadcast location. It's it's got Flagstaff, Sedona, Camp Verde, Prescott, Wickenburg, Phoenix, Tucson, Tubac, and Bisbee. All markets that can hear the Rosie and House broadcast. So I think in April, in addition to covering Douglas, we're gonna have to go on this Arizona sandwich tour with Arizona highways. I'm I'm a little bit of a sandwich pro.
2: You are that
1: around
0: the office. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, every day at lunch, he's building a new sandwich, folks.
1: Hot or cold? Uh, hot and cold, really, huh? I was asking your preference. Oh, yeah,
0: oh, yeah, it depends on what I like. You know, I I think a good uh, Philly type steak sandwich needs to be a little on the hot side, not cold, and um, yeah,
1: fried bologna sandwich every <laughs> once in a while is pretty good too. Fried bologna sandwich is good every once in a while, <laughs> so we'll have a. I think we we're gonna do that in April with the. Uh, publication of Arizona Highways, April edition, the Arizona Sandwich Tour. And there's a lot more great places on here that weren't even listed. So we'll build off of off of that one. Also going on today, Trace Reels. it's an event Rosie loves. I have yet to attend it. I believe it's this is just their third year. But we've got Christina Underwood on the line, the assistant director for the Parks and Rec at the city of Avondale, to tell us what's going on at Three Rivers Festival today. Christina. Good morning. Yes, ma'am.
4: Yeah, so we've got a lot of awesome things happening out here at the Trace Rios Nature Festival. Um, The festival is located just north of ISM Raceway, formerly known as Phoenix International Raceway.
1: So Um, (laughs) that's how I knew it was. What is it now? (laughs) What is it now?
4: Yeah. What's that?
1: What is the name of the raceway now?
4: It's ISM Raceway.
1: Oh, I had no idea. And
4: so that's it's a new sponsor, and uh, so a lot of people don't realize that they did change their name, so it's a little confusing, but it's, it's Phoenix International Raceway. We're just directly north of that on the river itself.
1: 16 different yeah. free outdoor activities going on today for families to try out and participate in?
4: Yeah, we have, so it's free to park, free to get in. We have 16 different activities, um, such as canoeing, kayaking, paddleboarding, fishing, archery. We have guided bird tours. Um, So many things are going on at this festival and really people are missing out if they don't come out here because we have so many cool things to uh, show people about the Southwest Valley and this river that runs through the Southwest Valley.
1: And what time does the, I won't say gates, what time does the river open?
4: Yeah, so we're open at 10 a.m. And for Saturday today, uh, we go actually until 4, but following the closing of the festival, we have a sunset concert. And last year, the sunset concert was amazing. We had the most beautiful sunset. River, uh, the music was playing, river running. It was just peaceful, relaxing. It was great to enjoy the music. So we encourage people to come out. The weather is supposed to be perfect today compared to last weekend. It's going to be an awesome weekend.
1: And who's performing tonight for the uh, sunset concert?
4: So we've got a local bluegrass band called Cisco and the Race Cars, and they play a lot of fun, upbeat music. Uh, people can get up and dance, too, um, and they're just a good band, and we're excited to have them.
1: And that's going on today free. How would somebody get to uh, Trace Rios?
4: Yeah, so the easiest way is if you take I-10, either west or eastbound, exit Avondale Boulevard. It's 115th Avenue. so Avondale Boulevard. You'll head south. A little under five miles, you'll see the racetrack right in front of you. We have a sign, helps you learn or know where to turn, and uh, you'll turn right at the racetrack, and you're pretty much at the event.
1: There's over 50 exhibitors, there's live music going on all day, both days, and you have a cornhole competition today at 1230? We sure
4: do, yeah. People want to sign up, it's uh, $10, just get here by 1130 to get your name on the list, and it's cash prizes, so... Uh, more the merrier. We'd love to have people out to play some cornhole, too.
1: I want to know how long is this zip line over the river? That's, that seems like the best $10 investment of the day right there.
4: Oh, yeah. That is awesome. I got to do that last year, and it was really cool. So the zip line goes over the river itself. Um, it's, I don't know, a football field and a half, maybe long. And uh, it's a cool experience. That's only $10 to do, but I promise you it's worth it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, that That's the best $10 I could spend today. For sure. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And what we love about this is the proceeds for this is to help support the Wildlife for Tomorrow Foundation that helps encourage today's youth to get engaged with the outdoors and with wildlife When with a busy city life that a lot of uh, people live. You're getting back to nature, getting out to wildlife, connecting with uh, that element of the life that we so often ignore, it's really a great foundation for bringing kids back out to the outdoors.
4: It sure is. And uh, the Wildlife for Tomorrow Foundation is an awesome partner. They're the ones that... Um, Helped get this festival started 15 years ago, and we've been going strong ever since. And with partners like Arizona Game and Fish, and the City of Goodyear, um, and the City of Avondale, and REI's jumped into this whole mix. There's a lot of different organizations involved with this festival, and there's so much. STEAM, so science, technology, engineering, arts, and math activities for youth and adults to participate in.
1: Well, I have my numbers wrong. I thought I read somewhere this was just the third year, but this is y'all's 15th year for the festival. Wonderful. This
4: is our 15th year. Yeah, it's it's going strong. It's getting bigger every year, and we we love this festival. What kind of crowd do you draw? We draw a really good crowd. Um, Last year, we had about 9,500 people come out over the two-day festival. We're anticipating about the same this year with the weather the way it is, so... Uh, come out here and enjoy it.
1: Now, with the you you had mentioned how much better this week is going to be for the weather than last weekend. But I would imagine you probably have some pretty high waters from the the rain last weekend, and it, it, people are going to see the river at a level that they don't often get to see it at.
4: Yeah, surprisingly. So we were out here Monday of this week looking at the river and the the site just to check it out since we did have quite a bit of rain last weekend. The river was flowing a little bit higher. It's the first time we've seen the Gila really flowing into the Salt River. Um, But by Wednesday, Thursday, the water levels had dropped back to normal and... Um, it's looking really good out here. The cool part this last week, though, we had snow on the Australia. So when you're standing on the festival site, you could see snow just south of you, which is really cool. It's <laughs> not usual to see that.
1: Not usual. Well, that's going on today. You can get more information at uh, com. Christina, thanks for joining us this Saturday morning to let people know what's going on in Avondale, Arizona. And we hope you'll have a great event.
4: Yeah, thank you. Have a great morning.
0: The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford.
1: What a tough weekend to make a decision if you're looking for something to do. Just get out. We mentioned the book (laughs) festival in Tucson, the Trace Rios we just had online. If you go to page two in the Travel Arizona section today, you've got uh, Tantun National Monument Heritage Days. You've got the Fine Art Explosion in Casa Grande, the Tuzi Goot Star Party, that's going to be amazing the amount of rain we've had clear mm. out the skies in the atmosphere uh, that's up outside of cottonwood you've got cottonwood gym mineral and wellness festival there is the hummingbirds of sedona there's a la paz county fair and the herd museum has their annual uh, indian fair festival market going on all weekend long
2: wow those the planners of all those hit it right, didn't they? And, you know, Romy, last weekend after the show, Rosie and I just drove. We just wanted to see the snow, so we just drove to Payson. Do you know, we passed hundreds of people on the highway. They had pulled over. The kids were playing in the snow. I don't think you're supposed to do that, but but all the way up. And it, um, we stopped at the Four Peaks Road and took pictures. But it was just really fun to see everybody out enjoying it. People with cameras, you know, big cameras on tripods and little phone, cell phones. Everybody was just smiling, having a good time.
1: Oh, that It's a rare thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even if you're not supposed to, what, what someone going to give you a pull and a I didn't see a policeman inside.
2: sight. <laughs> <laughs> everybody was just having a blast.
0: I couldn't make it to, Mar- not Marble Canyon, uh, Fossil Creek. I, I was curious to see what it looked like. Strawberry got really hammered. And Monday, uh, they had just enough of the roads cleared. When I got to the gate... The road that was still two miles to the trailhead was buried in a foot and a half of snow. Wow. It was wild. <laughs> but quiet and just peaceful. It's really nice.
1: We got a nice text in it, four one one nine two three. So thanks for giving this dad a chance to take a seven year old girl to her first ASU basketball game last Sunday. We had a blast. She cheered with pom poms the whole game. It's a memory we'll both never forget. Great show. Glad Rosie's better. Jim, ticket winner. Congrat Well, thank you, Jim. I Glad y'all it. had a good time.
2: It makes it worthwhile.
1: Now, I don't have uh, basketball tickets today, but I do have uh, state park passes. So true or false, Hacienda has a different meaning to the Yavapai Indian tribes as it does the Apache. If you think that's true, text true to 411923. If you think that's false, text F or false, and we'll take all right winners between now and the end of the segment. Pull a random winner and send you two Arizona State Park passes that are good for any one of Arizona's 35 state parks, including uh, Granite Mountain Hotshots, one, one of the newest ones that's uh, just outside of Wickenburg. You can download their app and uh, plan. Plan your own Arizona staycation. They've got a great user app for their uh, the state parks. for their for their state parks mm-hmm. program. Flying E Ranch. We had mentioned two of them, and I, I intentionally left Flying E Ranch out because that's actually where our staycation winner is going, and they have a really neat story. And uh, we're going to have a, a great interview with uh, with the Flying E Ranch on the weekend of the sixteenth, when our staycation winner will actually be at the Dude Ranch that weekend, but uh, there was a couple events there that caught your interest in particular.
2: I want to be a cowgirl weekend and true girlfriend getaway. Now, wouldn't that be fun? Go and hang out and let somebody else do all the work. You just walk out and your horses are saddled up, and then you come in and just relax. And
1: They have a food. cow pie throwing contest, too. Are you cowgirl enough to do that? No. They're dry.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you can throw them very well if they're not. Uh, They feed you all three meals, Romy, good home-cooked meals. And just, you know, getting away to a dude ranch means just getting away from the the routine, you know, and just really relaxing, giving your brain some time to think. And I don't know if all those places have Wi-Fi. They shouldn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. And I will say the March 16th, talk about timing. They are going to have a sea of yellow surrounding them. I would imagine that weekend with all the wildflowers and poppies that are just out there waiting to explode.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be a great—riding oh, horses through the flowers, that's magic.
1: There's a, a an aroma that always ties me back to Zeta uh, that has to do with one of the yellow flowers that explode. Because when you would go to his real estate office, there was like six of them out front you always had to walk past. Was it a bush? yeah that's the
2: cassias yeah we have that some that the house. It, they are i cut them and bring them in because they smell so good
1: <laughs> I, I every time i have that scent i remember zeta
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's a uh, no shortage of things going on in arizona and uh, the answer to our question is actually true hosiempa which is the name of the river that flows through wickenburg if uh, you ask the yavapai indian it means follow the water as far as it goes If you ask the Apache, it refers to the Upside Down River because the Haciampa flows underground most of the time. So they call it the Upside Down River. So it does have different meanings depending on the tribe. If you answer true, uh, there's a good chance or there's a chance we'll be picking your name.